Good morning, good morning everyone. Welcome back. And for the last few weeks we have been going through a series of messages. Before we go there, let's pray in a minute, please. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for who you are. Thank you for waking us this morning and giving us another miraculous day. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for the health that you've given to us. Father, we thank you for this hour. We ask that you be with us today as we listen to what you have to say through your word. Father, I pray that you communicate through me, that the word that I'm going to speak, that it may be the word that you need people to hear. And Father, I ask that you open the hearts and the minds of the people or your congregation, that they may take it to heart and do what your word commands us to do. And we commit this hour to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, for those who are new, for those who are visiting, I am one of the, um, my name is George Kinyanjui. I'm one of the elders at our church. And I am glad that my wife came back from Jamaica. Thank you for supporting that. And I have my son today visiting. Joshua is visiting from Lancaster. You know, he's a student at Lancaster Bible College um, in his fourth year. And I was greeting people, and I came across one of my former students, Jessica Norris, with her family visiting from all the way to from Tampa, Florida. Thank you for coming. Uh, you never know. So, and for those who are new to us, uh, welcome, and let's get to the Word of God. And for the last two weeks, we have been going through a series called Biblical Knowledge, How to Think as God's People. And our first message was delivered by our missionary to Navajo Indians, Loja Everett, uh, the divinity of Christ. Since we have been born again, for those who are born again, uh, we have to think like our Christ to whom we call our Lord. And the next message was preached by one of our elders, James Schaefer, about since now we are in Christ and we have embraced Christ and how he thinks we are to be one body and also united in him as one body thinking in one accord. Today, I'm going to be uh, preaching on a message called purity. Now, in order for us to think like Christ, as he thinks, we have to be purified in order to have the same mind he has. Therefore, the purity of body of believers is required because he has granted that purity to us in order to know who he is, what he expects of us, and how we have to go about doing that. And that is what we call sanctification, a big theological word, meaning to be set aside for a special purpose, to be cleansed, to be purged, and to be made pure. So the book of, uh, let's go back here. The book of First Thessalonians, Chapter 5, I'm going to read, you can follow. Paul writing to the people of Thronikas, he told them this. Give thanks to God, no matter, what your circum no matter what circumcise you find yourself in, this is God's will for all of you 
in Jesus the anointed. Don't suppress the spirit. Do not downplay the prophecies. Take a closer look at everything. Test it. Then cling to what is good. Put away. Saying. Put away. Every form of evil. So now. May the God of peace make you his own completely and set you apart from the rest. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, kept intact, and holy, full, full, excuse me, free from any sort of blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus, the anointed. For the God who calls you is faithful. And he can be trusted to make it so. So there are several things said here. Paul praying to the people of Thessalonica. And notice when he says that we need to do something to put a, to test everything. Not to downplay the, 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 the prophecies. To test things and also take what is good and keep that. Then he says we need to put every kind of evil. Then he says that the peace of God will abound. And now he has set us completed to himself. And that he says that our spirit will be pure and our soul and our body. Notice he's talking about the whole being or who you are. Not only that, he says, if you do this, God will do it. Notice it has nothing to do with you. I've had many people tell me all kinds of stuff, all kinds of theological things. But purity has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do. And I want you to understand today, some of you are going to live here liberated, free, because purity comes to you when you became a believer. Purity is who God is. Excuse me here. Oh, playing with it a little bit. Purity, it is the essence of who God is. When we talk about essence, we are talking about the characteristics of God. One of the characteristics is he is pure. That is who he is. And since he is pure, he is asking us to be like so. Now, I notice uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8, says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I am here to tell you today that you cannot enter heaven unless you have been given that purity that makes you enter those gates of heaven. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you're poor, homeless, have millions of dollars, have several houses, have several cars, Whatever it is that you have, that cannot get you to heaven. But the purity that comes when you acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. Organic food has become a multi-million dollar industry in this country. And it's popular. Some of you, me, we go to Amish because it's organic. Uh, we go to Moms or Trader Joe's or whatever it is that you go or to Whole Food. Why? 
because no one wants to eat stuff that has been sprayed with pesticide or pumped full of steroid and preservatives. Why? Because the extra stuff contaminates our bodies and make us sick. When we eat food that men have messed up with, we keep our body from functioning as God wanted them wanted to, to, to function. Why am I saying that? The same principle applies to our heart. Our heart, our soul, our spirit, our being that we just read in the scripture. When we feed our hearts, whatever the world dishes out, we are at risk of spiritual disease. But when we focus our hearts on God, word, and worship God with our thoughts and our actions, he will keep our hearts and our mind pure and healthy. Only then will our hearts be capable of doing what he asks us to do. And that is the only time we will know who God is and what he expects us to do. God is the source and the power of becoming pure. So I pray that you pray that God will give you that mentality of thinking like God because he has given you the ability the moment you became a believer. Purity is not popular today. And unless you're a jurist, you don't hear it much. And when we think about purity, we hear it in a sexual connotation. It's very broader than that. Purity has to do with everything that you do. Because it defines the main essence of who you are as a believer. That's why you came to Christ, to be distinct from those people who don't know Jesus Christ. So, what is purity then? The book of Hebrews talks about, it says, make every effort in to be in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Did you hear that? can see God unless you have that part that he gives to you. So, purity is a reality that we have to get hold of it. It's the difference between being dirty. You can divide purity as free of contamination. But this description doesn't give you the whole part. Purity describes who you are and what you do. This is what we call character which we ask goes with the word reputation. It applies both to your character and to your conduct, especially when you are alone, when nobody's looking. That's what purity is. Now, the word purity comes from a Greek word called katharos, to be pure, clean, purged, set apart. This is the same word we get our psychology word, katharosis, or kathesis, kathosis, where we mean to cleanse. It comes from psychology word meaning free of any guilt. Now, when you want to 
raise your mood and all things, you may play some music, uh, you may go to a movie to avoid certain emotions, to, to remove all depression emotions or whatever you. In this case, all the unhealthy emotions and to put healthy emotions into your life. This is the word used to make free. Now, when it was used originally in Greek, it's referred to describing the process, the metal goes through refinery to become pure. Uh, ladies, you like gold and diamond. Those who are stone and dirty, when they were down in the ground, you would like them coming from a man to give it to you. But when they have been burned in high degree and all impurities have been removed, it greets us and you want, you're attracted to it and you go with the shopping. I like that, I like what have you. Now, you and I became a gem of Jesus Christ when we went to the cross and God redeemed and he continued to purify us to become like him. And that's what we are talking about today, ladies and gentlemen. Physically saying to be purified by fire. Uh, in Levitical times, it's talking about free any, of any prohibited stuff or contamination. Ethically says free from any evil desires. Genuine, brimless. Another word used in uh, Greek to compare that is hagiasmas, where we get our word holiness, or to be set aside, to be consecrated for special purpose. Now, you ladies who have houses, you, or apartment, or whatever you got, you have that china cabinet. And you guard it and lock it so the kids don't get there to break your precious expensive stuff and you don't use it every day they are for special occasion in this case ladies and gentlemen you are that china that have been set aside for christ to do his work not to give your body and your desire for anything at any time that's what it's talking about ladies and gentlemen in this case you have been purified set up in the kingdom of God, as a child of God, and you're a prince of God and princess of God, and God is the king of that kingdom, and he requires you to be like him. And therefore, he has given you that holiness so that you can be like him. That's why the Bible says we are seated in heaven with Christ Jesus. It's not figure of speech, by the way. It means literally that. You may be this earth. How can it be in heaven and I'm seeing this earth? It's saying, in the mind of God, you're already in heaven. Although we're in transit. That's what it's saying, ladies and gentlemen. So, do you see that mentality? You need to be heavenly-minded, although you're in earth. That's why Jesus was talking to the disciples, and he said, Guys, you need to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Now, you know serpent is cunning and very crookish. Yeah, so that's happened. But a dove is comely and what have you. But if you look at those two things, don't go together. But when you put both characteristics together, you have a balanced person. He was telling the disciples, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. You need to know how to navigate the minds of the world where you are here to represent me so that people can see the difference between you and them. That's what we are called to do. That's what purity is. They, you should go to a room without saying a word. You are purity in Christ. 
will be radiating and everybody's going to know there is something different about you. That's what he's talking about. So, notice that fire stuff? That's what is supposed to be happening in your life daily. The process of sanctification. Charles Wesley said this way, in a hymn for a thousand tongues to sing. In verse 3 he wrote, he breaks the power of canceled sin. He set the prisoner free. Jesus not only forgives sin, but he also set us free from the bondage to that sin. He give, to give a deeper meaning about what the psalmist said in Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Therefore, the next thing I'm going to say is very important because this is the heart of the message. Therefore, I want you to pay clear attention so there will be no confusion. Elder George said this and Elder George said that. I want you to get this straight because if you don't get anything I said today, I want you to get these two points. Purity has two points, two types of purity. The first one is very important because it lays the basis of the next one. So, positional purity. Notice the word I say, positional. You have nothing to do with it. It says, it is something that has been done for you and inside you. Consider yourself inanimate objects. Something is doing something in your life. It's talking about Christ. When you came to Christ, Immediately, God, Jesus Christ, gave you his purity to you. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see you, he sees Jesus. So stop whining every time you're in trouble and say, uh, so-and-so said I'm being, so-and-so said that. Stop listening to Satan talking through people. We are good at that. We are negative people. Oh, this, oh, that. Uh, they said this about me. Let me give you a piece of advice. If you want to listen to people, you never go anywhere. Especially negative people. Because they're always going to point your longness and your shortcomings because they're comparing you with themselves. This purity has to do with what Jesus did on that cross. And when you came and bowed down there, he gave you that purity. It's positional, it's not changing, because now you become a child of God. And when Jesus was leaving this earth, he said, Father, those you have given to me, they are my hands, and nobody can remove them. The book of John is written for two, one purpose, that you may know that you have eternal life. Notice the word I use, eternal life, not temporary life. Not something you can lose. Because it has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It has to do with what Jesus did on the cross. If you are so good, why did Jesus leave heaven to come here? If your work is so good, it will be useless for him to come. Oh, common sense. He did it for you. And when you come to him and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, and say, I cannot save myself, he gave you his holiness. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see what you're doing wrong. He sees what Jesus did on the cross. You have to remember that. 
So this purity has to do with what God has done for you. And the word used there is purified. Perfect participial phrase. I am not a grammarian, but I'm not stupid either. So, I learned good Greek under several good teachers. So, the word used here is in a participial phrase, meaning it happened down there on the cross when you came, became a Christian, but it's a reverberating consequences going on. In essence, go, ongoing results. It's continuing. Let me put it another way. When you use perfect participle in Greek, it's saying it conveys a sense of completion and act as a bridge between the past and the present. What happened there and what's going on now. The perfect sense in Greek is used to describe a completed action that produces results that are still in effect all the way to this day. That's why we say, I have believed. Now, this Jepsky is sitting right there. She's an English teacher. She can tell you that. Now, I have believed. If you notice what I just said, it carries two ideas right there. A completed action and a continuing result. Am I right, Miss Jepsy? Yeah. So who dare tell you that you're not a believer because yesterday you fell? See, when the word John says that we repent and confess our sin, it's saying, notice the word use. Confess. The word confess has to do with like how you apologize to somebody. Let me give you another example. When your kids mess up, do you cease to become a father or a mother? Hello? Do you? You're still a daddy and a mother. You may not like the attitude and behavior, but you're going to spank them or time out or whatever. But they're still your kids. The same way our Abba Father deal with us. We just have to go and apologize and set our relationships right. Our position is still secure, like your kids, but your relationship has strains because of the behavior have been done. You need to get that concept in our mind. That is thinking right. So, it is the divine work of God in our lives that brings sustification and purification when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. The Father cleanses through the Holy Spirit and sanctifies in our position in Christ. Our position of standing is made possible by and secured by and made perfect by the blood of the Lamb of, Jesus, of God, Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with you. Now, let me give you another example. This is stupid, but it's what it is. Prince Harry and Meghan decided to leave Buckingham Palace. Imagine that. And does that make him not to be a prince? No, he's still a prince. Because he's in bright line. He has to be born biologically as a prince and he's going to remain that even if he doesn't acknowledge it. Whether you acknowledge what God says or doesn't, you're still a child of God. You can live in miserable or like a papa when your heavenly father has all the gold. That's your problem, not his. That's what I'm saying. So, 
The next position is very important to hear. Since now you understand you are still a child of God, regardless of your failures and behavior and attitude and mannerism and your poor choices, that's the word I'm going to use. Yeah, poor choices. We have what we call practical sanctification or purification. This is where you come in. That's why you hear the word say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is you now behaving like God says you are. If you are a prince, behave like a prince and dress like a prince, speak like a prince. That's what he's saying. Since now you are a child of God, you ought to behave like that. To correspond with the position that you are called to. That's why you see the President of the United States can do whatever they want to do. They have secret service who say, no, you're not going there. He may want to do it, it doesn't matter. And he can't fire the secret service because they don't like what they said. Because they're supposed to protect him. He may not know, but they know better than he do. The same with us. God has given us a hedge of protection and he expects us to behave like that. Now, this is what we call progressive sanctification. What does that mean? That is an ongoing work. Uh, Notice there is a pottery there and a person molding that pot the way he wants. Once you become a believer, God is going to come with a sledgehammer or whatever to remove certain things in your life that don't fit in the kingdom to make you look like him. And they're not going to be nice sometimes. Those desires that you like to do this and now you're here and you, you're tempted and God says no. And when you do that, he gives you some spanking. It's in the book of Hebrews. It says, to whom God loves, he spanks. Don't you spank your kids because you love them or just because you want to punish them because you want you have fun or not? No. You spank them because you want to correct them. Spanking is a form of correcting a behavior that needs to be dealt with so that the child can go in the right way. You as a child, you have to be corrected. The same thing has to be with purification of the word of God that God is giving to us so that we can be who God wants us to be. It's a data process of a Christian becoming more and more like Christ. Of course, purity is God. It is data increase of our righteousness and godliness and holiness and becoming purer as he is because the book of Philippians chapter 2 says that the mind which was in Christ be in you. How are you going to think like Christ if you are not behaving like him? You have to put something there. That's why you have to put the word of God daily so that you can see who God is and how he expects you to behave and why he is doing that. It's very important. You have to learn to pursue it. It's an important pursuit. Now, so what should be true of you when you pursue these? That's a question. You want to please God. Don't you want to please the people you love? You want to do everything that you love. So you're going to have to please God. The Proverbs 9 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One. It's understanding. Therefore, in order for you to do that, you have to learn to praise God. In order to praise God, you have to know what pleases Him. Oh, yeah, you, if you want to please you, the people they love, you have to know what they like. Don't you? The only way to know what God likes, you have to read all 66 books. That's all it is. It's not an easy task, but you're going to have to do it. And then the next one, choose to live transparently. 
Why? Notice somebody said, your transparency will lead others to transformation because they look at your integrity and they can copy from that. Your desire to lead, uh, to lead you to avoid compromise and resist temptation would help you, your character, and become pure. The book of uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, having the promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from defilement of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting the holiness in the fear of God. There they Affirm your action by doing what you say you're going to do. A person's actions will tell you everything you need to know. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. So you start thinking like Christ, you're going to behave like Christ. You start thinking like Satan, you're going to behave like Satan. That's what it is. Let's be realistic. In the book of Colossians says, 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Fighting purity helps you strive for a brimless reputation that displays who God is. Fourth, love others. We at the grace, we say we have grace. Love others and stay humble. Then notice somebody said this. Being humble means recognizing that we are not on this earth to see how important we can become. But to see how much difference we can make in the life of others. That's why at my, my wife every summer, she decides she's going to go to Jamaica, become the feet and the hands of Jesus to help her community because that is God has put in her desire to do so. And I support her because that's what she desired to do. And that's what God has led her to do it. So, this is where we need to understand. Uh, during COVID, people have seen all characters and all kind of maladies and what have you. Uh, some of us don't accept people because of their they have different opinion like we are. Vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Who cares? Vaccinated, unvaccinated, you all got COVID the same way. <laughs> yeah. So what, where does they leave you? You're going to sit over a mask. So, your purity should not make you proud or lead you to look down on others who have different choices, opinions, or point of view. That's not being graceful. That's not being pure. That's being selfish. Look at me. Look at you. The book of Philippians says, care about others as much as you care about yourself and think the same way that Christ thought. That's the Philippians chapter 2. So ladies and gentlemen, life is not easy. And I'm not telling you purity is going to be easy. So how are you going to practice this? I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Practical application. The book of Ezekiel is very light. That's why you need to read the whole Bible. Oh, that's Old Testament. <laughs> The old is in the new, and the new is in the old. Remember that. Now, practical living. 
How do you apply it? Purity is important, but seeking purity, how do you maintain it? Get a new heart and a new spirit, according to the book of Ezekiel. It says, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit within you, and I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God is saying he's going to do it. Are you going to allow God to do the surgery, which is going to be painful? Because when he's talking about he's talking about the attitude that he's going to remove to give you new ones. New world view, so you can see how God sees. Wear new lenses, so you can see how God sees things than how you see them. That's what he's talking about. He's going to transform you. Some of us resist, but you can resist at your power because have you ever wondered why you're in the same place all the time and the same problem, the same temptation? Because God is saying, until you deal with it, you're not going to the kingdom because I need you to be like me. And you're not like me right now. Therefore, I'm going to set you here until you get there. Now, if you clean the inside, then the outside will be clean. See, we as believers want to clean people from outside, but we won't tell them about Jesus who can come inside to clean the inside. And when he cleans the inside, they have a different perspective and they can start cleaning the outside also. That's how it works. There is no way you're going to clean outside like a Pharisee and they think everything is going to go well. No, it doesn't work that way. If they have never worked, it will never work. Notice that cup. That's what Jesus, Jesus was talking to the Pharisee. It's that, it's outside, it looks good and nice. Inside, ah. Once you clean inside, then you can clean outside. Because, have you noticed, a mindset is demonstrated by everything that you do. How you dress, how you carry yourself. How you behave. Several years ago, I was teaching these students. He, uh, I, I, I'm older. I, I, I don't get me wrong that I'm, I'm, I'm saying something about older couple. Uh, the father was 75 years old. The guy was 12 years old. Taught as his father. And his father was hunched like this. So the guy was in my class. So I said, why are you hunched? He looked at me, what do you mean? You're always walking like this. Can't you walk straight? I said, you know, I noticed your father walk like that. So why are you imitating your father in that? You can walk straight. So every time he came in class, I say, walk straight. Walk straight. Eventually, he started walking straight. He said, he came to me and said, you know, I didn't even think about it. Everything my father do, I do. Even hunching back. And he's not old. He's 12 years old. See, the mentality. We need to copy what Christ wanted to copy, not copy what the world got. And you need to learn that as a church, ladies and gentlemen. That's what God is calling us to do. Holy. The next thing you need to love, like God loves. Notice what the verse says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and from your whole soul, and from your whole mind, and from your whole strength. Notice it's covering the whole being. That's what I say. If we are going to bring people to the Grace Church, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be pure, and they have to see it, and they have to see our authenticity of genuineness, and we need to treat them like Christ would treat them so that they can feel that love of Christ so they can come to church. Until then, we're going to be three or four here, and we'll be a failure to the kingdom. So, 
This is important aspect. Having a heart that fears God, according to the Timothy says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in the world in conduct, in love, in spirit, and in faith and purity. This is an attitude and heart issue without equivocation. God is the source and the power to becoming pure, ladies and gentlemen. And there is no other way, there is no shortcut. We need to understand that. Control yourself. You know, the world today is saying, we can do whatever we want. You saw it two summers ago, burning here, burning there, and some people calling the, 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 the fest of love when you're burning the police station. We believe, what are you doing? We need to call it evil, what is evil. But we cannot call it evil if we are living like them. Because we don't have the power to do so. So, somebody said this way. And I hope you, you pay attention to this quote. I have learned the hard way that I cannot always count on others to even, even if I respect... Excuse me, I'm going to say it all again. I have learned the hard way that I cannot always count on others to, to respect my feelings. Even if I respect theirs, being a good person doesn't guarantee that others will be good people. You only have control over yourself and how you choose to be as a person. As for others, you can only choose to accept them or walk away. We are in a culture where we want to authenticate it and appreciate it and whatever you. But remember as a believer, you need to expect the Heavenly Father to do it. No, people. Do it for Him. Even you don't hear, we don't have cheers from others. That's what it's talking about. Have control of yourself and your emotion. With all, the, the book of Proverbs says this, Watch your heart with all diligence. From it flows the springs of life. Learn to protect your heart as believers. And only can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit and the purity that God gives you. Notice here says, I like that cartoon. You have got a problem with avoiding personal accountability. Yeah? And whose fault is that? That's how familiar. Just as you need God's power in your life, you also need supportive community around you to help you toward purity. Being alone in long environment or situation or any other tempting situation can lead to making poor choices. When you know someone is watching, you tend to make better choices. Share your commitment to purity with those who you trust. And you can benefit from them. According to King Solomon, he said, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is no one, and there is another to lift him up. Are you alone, Ledger? That's the book of Ecclesiastes 7, 9 through 10. Realize this, ladies and gentlemen. Accountability is an imperative for us, ladies and gentlemen. And as I finish here, remember, you're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect in this earth, but you're striving to grow to become. 
So God is searching for people with a pure heart. Proverbs 23, 6-7 says, Do not eat the bread of him who has an evil eye, neither desire their delicacy. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. God is the source and the power to become pure. Pray and ask God for his wisdom and strength as you go forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you because you have given us positional purity. And you have asked us to do our practical part so that we can be like you. As you come, we shall be who you want us to be and a reflection of you in this world so that we can win others to your kingdom. As we go our respective way today, we ask that you help us to meditate and turn over what we have heard and apply it to our lives so we can become who you want us to become in the kingdom. And we commit the rest of this week to your hands in Jesus' name. Amen.